Jackety jack jack. Jackety one two jack jack. Jackety one two jack jack jack. Jackety one two one two one two. Alright. How y'all doing out there in Back to Basic Land? Oh, hey. There he is. My man. What up, kid? Looking good with the little specialty, the oh, mustache. Yeah. My boy looks fresh. Nice to have a uh, fresh shirt to wear every now and then. <laughs> Amen, brother. I'm wearing my Evanoff shirt. You know these boys from Colorado? I, I feel like I've heard the name, but uh, represent. We must rep. Yes, must rep. How's my volume for you? Good. A little hot, but... A little hot? Yeah, but you know... Yeah. I like it a little. Some like it a little hot. I like it hot. Well, speaking of hot, that new album, eh? Yeah, buddy. I saw you taking a little kayak trip this morning, playing some uh, some ancient homies. I like that. Yeah, I was giving it this uh, second listen here. Fire. Yeah, What'd you think? Dude, some good stuff on there. Yeah. I want to pull up the track listing. Number five yeah. was, uh, as you would say in the business, fire. The industry term. Yeah, industry term. Uh, Tonberry, I believe. Yes, Tonberry, Tonberry. Yeah, yeah the, the the whole flow of the album too. It um, it's it's really good stuff. Thanks, man. Thank you for the birthday present. It comes out on my birthday, which is nice. I, it's your birthday at midnight tonight. It is my birthday at midnight tonight, and that's when the album comes out. Dude, I love it. Are you gonna be uh today? This mug is about you. Oh my god, <laughs> amazing! Is that a birthday present? No, it's from my friend Jeremy Ballard. He gave it to me last year. He sent it to us, uh, this one, and the one that says, the bass player is my bo- my boyfriend. By the, time, <laughs> by the time we got back, she was my fiance. So. Wow. Already out of date, which is cool. What do you know? Manifest destiny. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, yeah. Um, how long have you been working on this album? Man, like, you know, <clears throat> it's hard to say. Like, some of these songs date back to, like, 2016. Like, I that recognized song- at least Snell's feet, I think, and maybe another... I think you did the same theme on one of the other songs or something. Yeah, we like we were playing some of these songs on tour with you guys last right. year. Right. Um, you know, the the vessel we've been playing for two or three years. Um Tonberry for sure was we played that like every show last year. That was when it was like a fresh track. Um and then songs like Boundary Dissolution used to just be called Boundaries and we put that out as a single in like twenty sixteen. Nice. So that was probably the oldest, but you know, like so it's been kind of three years really of like working on these songs. But really, like, the last year, like, focused, okay, this is the material for the third album. Right. Um, so, you know, like, it, it's it been a different album for us in the sense, like, we didn't just go into a studio and have, okay, these are the song lists. We've got a week to track, you know, master, whatever. Um, this was much more organic and done over different time periods, different studios. Um, and then not being on the road kind of allowed us, like, a few, you know, I now like what seven eight months to like just totally hone in on it and fix all any kind of re- extra recording we wanted to do we were doing in home studios and at the music cellar and other studios working on everything was getting mixed by david sanchez so it was kind of cool like to have be able to like live with these songs for that long like you, you know when you guys typically do an album are you kind of like just tracking for a certain amount of time then it's the mixing does it it doesn't take place over that long of a period of time, I'm assuming, with you it, guys, it, as it is most, most bands. Yeah, I mean, it varies. And as we go forward, I've always felt that, uh, you know, our, you know, the art form of a live show is something we're a lot more experienced at. Yeah. Um, now we're getting to the point where we're learning the, the you know, the medium of an album, a studio album. Um, we generally go in and get the ba- the drums tracked and usually the bass tracked and then do overdubs from there. Okay. Um, 
we have in the past. I mean, the first album we did, uh, Funky P, album not EP, that was done, the whole thing, aside from guitar overdubs, was done in like one night, basically. That was at our college. Right, right. And it sounds that way, too. Some of the guitars are in tune. uh, (laughs) People love it, and I think it's very great. I like the songs on it, but... um, it's you got know. that raw vibe, man. You want that first that first album, like you guys all just met, started playing like that. Yep. That kind of vibe, fans can hear that, and that's yeah. such a cool thing to be able to feel. And hear, yeah, and hear. it's a, each each album kind of has to be an expression of where you are, sort of a snapshot. But again, yeah, sometimes yeah. it takes like months to get from tracking. And then I remember when we did uh, Psychology, we tracked that ourselves at our friend's parents. Well, we know the dad too, but our friend's house, um, the Mayors. Shout out to John Mayors, not Mayor. Um, John Mayer, you recorded at John Mayer's house? Mayer's, yes. That nice. is that is true. Sing, plural, um, though, John Mayer's. Yes, multiple. Got, He's got involved in them at once. Uh, really good dude. Um, had a really nice studio in his basement. He let us just, like, basically crash his house. Like, like oh, come in, just use the back door and, like, nice. you know, try not to stay up too late or make too much noise, but it's in a studio, so it was fine. So you guys were just kind of, like, living and breathing in this studio, tracking Yeah, we pop in hours. and out and, like, you know, be there for, for a while. And that, that's a really cool experience to have as a yeah. as band, have that space. Um, we didn't know what we were doing at all. I remember Greg being in the engineering room and Jeremy trying to record or vice versa, and we're, like, trying to make sure we just record everything and get it down. Oh, wow. Um, and then we gave it to our mixing friend Ilya Kabrinsky who was the one who was in charge of the studio um or the radio station at College Park where we recorded that first album Mm. we gave it to him to mix and he just got all the tracks was like what the fuck do I do with this and then we ended up having Fog Martin master it uh, nice and he and Ilya just kind of had to go back and forth like so there's this buzz on the beginning of Horizons so uh can maybe we add like a filter sweep in and that's where that came from it wasn't like we planned to make it more of an album feel it just kind of like we needed something to cover it and um Thogs and Ilya were great back and forth and, and did what they could with it but we had those songs for for like a year year and a half I mean granted it was early on in our career but um I remember psychology dropping man I remember when I was in Boston driving home from work from my part-time gig and playing it on my Spotify like it was a that was a that was a big one though I feel like for you guys right it, that felt, was, it felt right man it was good to put yeah. it out um you know it's part of our 12.2 million streams on Spotify this year there you go man dude congrats on that that's pretty yeah, wild that's huge yeah um, 12 million I think uh how, how much of these stats do you think are made up all like do, do you really think, think that every 70, band just got big in Russia this year or is that just 78 percent of uh all statistics are completely made up <laughs> that's the only accurate statistic yep. there is it, 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 it's a couple standard deviations one way or the other but that's i like it. that yeah 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 so how was working with sanchez oh it's awesome man um yeah it, it was wild like you said you know i mean when you're tracking in all these different studios it's like a lot to put on the mixing engineer yeah. and especially when you're not in the room with the mixing engineer which right first time that way it's not just like on a couch and like oh bring that yep. up which i right. think is kind of nice you can always tell when a mixing engineer is like all right i like i know what i'm doing and you know the, the every studio experience is learning experience but you exactly. kind of learn like you're like okay you need to give the mixing engineer some space to like do his thing right. and then you can give some artist input and i'm sure some artists are more difficult than others well with our our engineer that we've used uh for the past couple albums steve wright from right way studios um yeah. he's kind of like been a ghost producer in certain ways like you know, you're playing, you're too busy here. Like this is a studio album. Like you need to break it down. I'm like, well, I want to keep the feel here. So we would kind of like find a Venn diagram and we're like, all right, I'll try it this way. It's like, what if you cut carve out a hole here? And we would sometimes write bass lines together, which a lot of my lines are just kind of like throw it on and like cut it down with like a, a um, potter's wheel as you go. Um, and it's really cool to do that with him. And I really enjoy that, that process. And I, I've learned a lot as a bass player and, and, you know, learned how to write bass lines working with him too. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. So he w had was like a producer role. He was giving Essentially, you input on the I mean, compositions. Never, yeah, and he, he does that with all the bands he does. He, he he does high volume, just like a lot of smaller bands, but like really good quality. Yeah. Um, he does bigger bands too. He does um, uh, Future Islands. We were from Baltimore as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, yeah, he was. I've seen them in passing in the studio. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? What's up? Oh, cool. Um, yeah, totally. That's cool. Kind of like for a, a dorky young kid like me to think like, oh, cool. Now I'm just kind of like rubbing shoulders with people who've been on fucking whatever late night show they were on. Fuck yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was a cool, cool experience. But yeah, he, he really has helped, helped me develop as a bass player too. Um, yeah. I, I remember going back to psychology at playing time to ride. I'd slide each time and I didn't notice that till I heard it on the studio album. I'm like, well, that's not what I was going for. Right. And that really changed how I thought. I was like, what else am I thinking I'm going for that I'm not going for? And that's sure. started a process of just like, yeah, I got this to like, what am I doing? And then kind of like swinging back and forth between those two. Right. Yeah. You, like that kind of producer input is so cool. I think that's something we've always wanted, but never really had. It's kind of like, and it's this weird line of like the engineer kind of being like, well, like you're not paying me to produce this album. Like right, I'm doing right. what you're doing, right. um, you know, and also just like, well, hey, these are your songs. They're done. I, like when we did Cheen, we did it at Applehead Studios in Woodstock, which is an intimidating studio. Um, it was our old... Um, uh, booking agent, Mr. Major Baggett. Uh, oh, yes. Who, yes. who we know. Baggett yes. Boot Camp, fellow yes. graduates. That's whatever's clever. Um, that man. Yeah. <laughs> so we, he connected us um, there, which was really cool. And um, we went in, and this guy, Chris Bittner, incredible engineer, but like, I mean, like, he's engineered Deftones records. Wow. Um, and Bad Brains and Modesky Martin Wood. And it was intimidating. And. There was definitely times when we're like hanging out, you know, like we'll go outside after a, a, a tracking session and like smoke a bowl and come back in and we're listening to it. And, you know, John would be like, dude, like, br bring that up, like turn that up. And like, he's just like, no, like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like not yeah. feeling the input. Um, but so, you know, it was different in that sense with with David Sanchez, where it was not in the same room. So I think it has advantages right. and disadvantages. Like obviously, like a lot of texting. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I, I was uh, <laughs> I went on Dave's podcast yesterday. He has an awesome podcast that you should check out. Anybody listening, it's called um, the Riffs or Die podcast. Riffs or Die, cool. Riffs or Die, yeah, it's great. It's on streaming everywhere. Um, but it, it, it's he's like just such an interesting guy because he plays guitar in a shred in a thrash shred metal band. He's also a mixing audio engineer. Um, he's like a great lyricist and vocalist, and he's also like a very ad much an advocate of like free thinking and not so much conspiracy theories, but like philosophy and stuff sure. like that. Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, it, the name theory is in conspiracy theory, so if you're really approaching it right, it's just a theory. Well, that's what he says too. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'll uh, um, we'll post that uh, link to that podcast in our uh, description. Great. I'm definitely gonna want to check that out. I'm looking for you. You'd really like that podcast, actually. You should check you it know. out. He he has some very interesting guests. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it was interesting, <laughs> like doing, doing it from that, that sense where it's like, you know, okay, I want this bass brought up to, you know, to, to DB or something. Right. And so you it's not like you can just, back to it. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's a delay, right? Like right. you get a, you'd send a text, you get a response, then you get the track. Um, so I, it, in some sense it's, it's can be kind of constricting because you can't maybe explore every possibility. Right. But, it, but in some senses like that's good. You kind of need to set some like rules when you're recording. Like it's easy to just go off the fucking rails and be like, dude, just put a fucking tuba in there. Like, why not? Let's right. try it. Uh, uh, 10,000 degree deuce. Yeah, exactly. Like you could try it, but you're probably just wasting time. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was a different experience. It was interesting. But, um, I mean, Dave did an awesome job. It's, like, by far my favorite fa- sounding record we've done. Yeah, it sounds Bigger, good. I, have, I got the, uh, the record coming in a few months. Oh, did you order the the order vinyl? That. that was a birthday present for myself. One of them. Ah, uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And we and and you got the the uh, the advanced copy. Did you do a video? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, yep. I haven't seen your video yet. Yep. I've only seen some of the videos, but your video will be in our live listening party tonight. Uh, oh, <laughs> so la- last night for all those listening. Yes. Okay. Is this dropping on um, Friday? Well, we could do it whatever, today whatever. if we want. I mean, we haven't put one out in so long. I think what's right. one after today? But um, totally, we, we, I, we could get it out. Hey man, um, let's um let's get it out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm figuring. Cool, thank you, buddy, for for sending that video. I'm very excited. Yeah, no, it's cool. I'm I, excited I, to just watch it. I uh, was gonna do it Monday, and something came up, and I couldn't do it. And he's like, "Hey man, don't want to pester, but I uh, gotta get yeah, it done." Yeah. I'm like, "I totally, I know, I get it, I get it." And I just went in the other room real quick and just like threw the shirt on, yes, put the headphones on it, and I made sure I was actually listening to it too. I was like, "I'm not gonna bullshit around and not listen." I listened to uh, cool, uh, blending into one, homies blending into one. <laughs> All right, that's what we were texting about. What, what, what do you think of homies blurring into one? Uh, well, I it's blurring, not blending. I keep saying blending. Oh, okay, the next yeah, one, yeah, it's blurring. Yeah, it's blur. It's blurring or blending. It, it's blurring because then the next song is boundary dissolution. So there was kind of a little bit of a a flow in there. I guess we wanted to right. to have. Well, and was that? I wanted to ask you. Uh, you said there are three improv tracks on the album, right? Yeah. Was that one of them? Was it those three? Yeah. Yeah, the the three the tracks three, six, and nine. We call them the homie improvs. Yeah. So it's homie numero uno, numero dos, numero tres. And like each one just kind of has a dumb parenthetical title. Like we have all these dumb parenthetical title. That's the name <laughs> of, of of our first album. Dumb parenthetical title. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, like you know, we um, <laughs> we have all these different names. We have a list of like stupid names and shit. That's where Ancient Homes literally came from. Like a voice yeah. memo. Of, it was just one of like a hundred names. And then and then it was other things too. And it felt like we were very happy to to go with that. But like we had names on this list. I was like homie numero uno. Like yeah, we just say it about people. Like if there's some guys being like crazy, like like ranting, I was just be like that's homie. Like homie yeah. numero uno over there. Yeah, exactly. Not that guy. <laughs> exactly. There he is. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, I mean like homies blurring into one. That was just kind of like the craziest track. Like it, they're all built off one kind of huge improv session. Okay. Like, cool. Cool. Three hours of improv in the studio. Nice. Um, and so we went in and just kind of found different things that we liked about it. Like the improv deals with this kind of modality, this scale called the Snell scale. Mm. Um, here, actually, I can play it for you. I wired up right before. Yeah, let's do it, baby. Um, let's get let's get a bass going. Yep. Um, this is something I posted this on my um, Instagram yesterday because I was working on it with a student, and I had some uh, some nerdy theater or theory talk with Brownie. He's like, "Love that scale." Yeah. <laughs> back and forth about it. I'll never but, forget um, our podcast with him. Was just like. He went off. It was great. I, was I like love theory nerd brownie. It's so it's so awesome. I know. I know. Um, okay. So okay, can you hear that? Yep. Okay. So um, here I'll put on my EQ. There we go. Um, so this scale, right? It's like it's D. Like Snell's Fleet is in drop D. Not all of the homie improvs are. Every homie improv is actually in a different key, but um, they're all they deal with the scale. So I'll just so the scale is like chromatic a very chromatic it's kind of like the phrygian dominant scale like that kind of yeah scale that we use a lot phrygian dominance the fifth degree of harmonic minor um but we i i kind of like when i started fucking around with this modality i was just adding in more chromatic notes and taking out some notes so it's very much the root is d but it's kind of about this three chromatic notes so it's a half step up a flat two yep. and a half step down a major seven that's it. Very interesting because we, uh, when we were working our flockbusters. We were doing Miserloo, 
and we were trying yes, to figure out what, exactly. what keys, key that's in. I think we Phrygian figured dominant. If, well, there was something different about it. I think I, I forget what I was talking to my base, base teacher. We were trying to figure out what to call it or what it would be. Um, one of the things we settled on to, it was the fourth mode of the Hungarian minor scale. What is Hungarian minor? Fuck knows, but take that. Uh, I, I, don't have, I don't have myself um, lined up. I'll have to, to oh, figure it out. Um, I have a lesson with him later, so I'll, I'll ask him. Oh, dude, but I'm yeah, super it, interested to hear what that is. It's it's basic. I mean, it's what Miser, Miserlou is in. So it's you got the. I always uh, thought Miserlou was just Phrygian dominant. Maybe it is, and maybe we're saying the same thing. What are, what are the scale degrees? Um, for Phrygian dominant root, flat second, major third, perfect fourth, perfect fifth, minor second, minor seventh, octave. Okay, so the difference is it's a major seventh. It's Phrygian okay. dominant. dominant right. No, it's Phrygian. I forget. Yeah, because like this, what so the Snell scale I'm about to play for you is essentially Phrygian dominant, but with a major seven. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. But like it, it's really all about this kind of. Yeah, play between yeah. those three notes. Yep. And so there's a lot of improv and stuff on the album, like the beginning of Snell's Fleet, where we kind of, if we, if I hit this reverse delay, and I play all three of those notes, um, it gives you like this very unstable tonic, and you're not really sure like what the tonal center of it is. So kind of like if I hit just an open, good drone to get that kind yeah. of you know, that ominous reverse, and then. So like those three chromatic notes kind of blend into this one weird amorphous note. Yep. Um, so the scale sounds like this. I'll just play it instead of geeking out on it. it sounds just like Snell's Fleet though. Exactly. So like there's a line literally in Snell's Fleet that's just the scale. Um, and if you play it in like broken thirds or in some parts here it's broken seconds, just that concept of skipping one note and coming back to it, it has this really cool sound. Hmm. That reminds uh, me of an uh, exercise that Stenick taught me when we were touring with them. Oh, cool, like, cool. Show me how to warm up or whatever, how to be a good bass player. He's just like, <laughs> there's one cool exercise I showed my bass. He's like, that's pretty fucking cool. I bet Stenix got the good stuff. Dude, wait till you see Stenix cameo tonight. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck I yeah. can't say when it is or oh, where, boy. but it's amazing. Oh, boy. We, we got some bass boys in there tonight, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's appropriate. I mean, you you really went all out on the album, and I, uh, I love you, it. Brother. Do you, Dude, thank you so much, man. Do you normally, I mean, you, you don't do vocals normally right no not, not typically you know um have like, you had other songs with vocals in, in past albums yeah some um american apocalypse off cheen i wrote the lyrics for that and sang that and that was like my attempt at being like tom waits like i was trying to do like nice. the megaphone sound the very like old antique machinery and it but <laughs> it came out the way it just ended up everyone's just like yeah the, that primus song the primus song right and it's like even when i don't try to sound like primus i do which is hey man it's a it's part of my dna i don't shy away from primus it. sucks the special's decent you know what I mean, dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, we we leave the lyrics and the and the and all that to Johnny. But um, I am stoked on this album, the balance. I think le other yeah. albums have been less balanced, but I kind of like the mix of instrumentals and um, vocals. It flows, like it's a very cohesive uh, cool. you know, art form. It it feels right, it flows together, and like the lyrics. I never listen to lyrics, which is a problem now that I'm trying to write some of my own. Sure. Like, oh, I probably should have been knowing what other. And so I've started to listen more and more. But my natural inclination is just hear it as a, an instrument. You know, the words and the way it sure. sounds together, and I don't really look into the meaning the melody but, of it yeah the melody and just the the way they flow together you know yeah. big, big mac miller fan the way he puts his words together oh hell yeah and even so i'm like 
well, with him, and the more I listen to it, the more I, I uncover the meanings behind it. But sure. There'd be a long time where I wouldn't even remember, you know, I'd be hearing a pigeon song and be like, that's what he's saying? Like, while we're playing it on stage for the 500th totally. time, I'm like, okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's like same with, like, even just songs you love where you're like, right. oh, I didn't – or you're just hearing a lyric a different way, and then one day you're like, oh, that's not what they're saying. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, – um, I like how, how it is, you know, in it. I'm super, super excited to get the record and just, like, throw it on for, like, friends who are coming over. Um, when uh, Ben yeah, awesome. Goose was over with his lady after the Frederick show, they played. Yeah, he told me he linked up with you guys down at the Yeah, and I, I was like, we were looking for records to put on. I, I would have been the one to throw a fucking on there. That would have been good. Totally. He looks you know, like, like, how about this uh, Pizzazz album? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun, but not while friends are over. Like, yeah, I did right, blast totally. the uh, Presto on, on, you know, recently just to, like, really, like. Sure. Get, how, uh, how does it sound on vinyl? It's good. It's good. I I don't know how, exactly how tuned I am, and it's so hard to listen to shit. And I'm just like, well, the guitar's poking through a little too much there, and so I can't sure. turn it up enough. And you know, all the same with the live show. It's just like, hey man, you sure, were sure. great. Yeah, fuck you, I sucked. It's like, yeah. well, no, like you just hear how you can be better because that's why you do this. That's why you're in this art form. That's what an artist is exactly. is seeing what sucks because they can make it better. It's always going to sound different to you. And they're always going to see, yeah. Well, you also heard it more, and you're yeah. going to see the mistakes and what's wrong. So it was cool. And then I'd be like, that's not exactly what I was going for or yeah. it, well, you know, but I, then I try to get better each time. Like in past albums, it's been the writings of the baselines. I spent a lot of time uh, for Presto working on um, in Ableton, oh, cool. kind of like um, getting, you know, getting the filter sweeps for avalanche, adding little effects. This is the first time you really did that. And I did a lot of post-production work, everything else we've done. Doing that just like on tracks itself, not just the bass, but doing some little yep. post-production things. Oh, that's yep. pretty cool. I, I took uh, avalanche specifically. I took, um, and it was nice with that one. Cause you're talking about the DBs. I actually had the bass track separate from everything else. And I was able to fuck with that. I was like, this should go up two decibels here. And I tried it on yeah. my computer. It's like, that's right. And then I just sent it over. Um, I That's think a great Steve, level of flexibility to test it on your end first. Yeah, and I think Steve has the ability uh, to mix things remotely, so you can like both tune in and like mix stuff. So you know, whenever we work on on more things, it should be right. even easier. Um, that's like this new thing with like splice is this app and that's what uh, we we now are using to write music together. Um, Very cool. We had had that kind of in the works, and I've used it with uh, Owen and, and Schwa. Mm. Shout out Schwa. Um, Schwa. Yeah. I said you guys got some pins dropping. You got some pins dropping. My friend Tony Waldron, one of my bass students. Um, oh, cool! Tony's the man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Before that, he uh, had this um, concept for Alf and Schwa Schwalf. Oh, so sick! He's just like, can I make these pins? I'm like, all right, if you really like it, go for it. And he made them, and they're yes. fucking cool. And now we get to put them out. I'm gonna. Uh, so Owen, neither half of Schwa, he's looking at this. Uh, I think it's a GT1000 multi effects guitar pedal. Um, yeah. which will be better for touring, and he wants to get used to it because instead of bringing his pedal board, and we're having issues in Ableton where processing is, is, is too much, so we're trying to, to get everything off of it. You know, bass yeah. can go through VSTs like Serum and then guitar processing on that multi-pedal board and um, just pull things out of it because he has a high-processing computer. I have my laptop, and when we try to do streaming in April, it just was like not happening, so we're trying oh, to rebuild yeah. rebuild the set. But um, So right, for my right. birthday tomorrow, I would like to uh, release, we're going to release 33 pins, 11 of each, um, of the three vari variants, so there's gonna be eleven cool. only released right now. We'll have yeah. more in the future. Uh, they'll be thirty-three dollars each, and if we sell out of them, I'm buying Owen a guitar pedal for his oh, for my fire. birthday. Yeah, yo, I'm gonna have to cop one then, man. Yeah, yeah, take take a look, take a look. Hey, take man, you copped the vinyl. I'll cop a Schwab in. There it is. There it is. Yeah, we got a little Christmas one, and then uh, there's a glow one that's we're waiting on, so that'll come out later. But uh, oh, sick. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay tuned for that then tomorrow. When's yeah. when's the pin drop? Three thirty-three. Perfect. Thirty-three pins, thirty-three each. 33 years old. 
Yo, that's fire, dude. See, we, the, the, that's that's the kind of marketing, man. I should have tapped you for this. Like, we we've been trying, we've been fucking with that whole like three theme. That numerical three is a theme yep. on the album, you know. Yep. Um, and that was it was funny. Like when we were talking about releasing it, we we're like, oh, December third would be perfect. Like, we there was definitely some like little details that we paid attention to that get lost in the shuffle. Nobody else yep. really would. Yep. You know, like we did a net like the the first single dropped of the vessel on three three on nice. back in March. Nice. Which I don't think anybody fucking knew that. Um, Sometimes but, it's the fun, you know, the fun stuff that you do for yourself because you know with albums and with shows, like you really want to entertain yourself first because you sure. trust that other people, if you're enjoying it. Other people enjoy. It. That's one thing I, uh, you yeah. know, am more aware of with these streaming shows is the dead air in between each song. It's like you're not waiting for a crowd. Like you're just kind of joshing around on stage, and like they get to see what it's really like. Like what right. if there was no crowd there and you're playing a show? What right. it, what would it be? So to, to I think that type of stuff, the kind of Easter eggs and like the fun stuff is that's all worth it. If you know they're like, well, you know, March third is a fucking you know Sunday afternoon. You're not gonna want to release it then. It's like okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. You know, I get that, but. I think that type of stuff is really fun. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's important. Like you said, you you it has to feel good for you. Like if you're not into this, if you don't think this is cool, why should anybody else be into right. it? Um, but it's, it's make, like, yeah, there's a fine line of like, am I trying too hard? Like, yeah. you know, and nobody, this isn't going to translate. Well, that's why it's nice to have a team around you and like different people, you know. Bounce ideas. Um, so that actually kind of brings me up into the dynamic of a, of a band and your concept of H and homies. It, mm, yeah. it The way I interpret it, is something I've thought about, um, you know, as a theory, not a, you know, a, an, an idea. That's what that, we're talking here, theories, baby. You know, before we came upon this earthly physical realm, you know, we were just spiritual buddies up there. You and I, the band, this and that. And we're up there just like, you know, I'm the fucks with, you know, Jeremy's the whatever and Greg's the, the Coca Pelli, whatever you want to <laughs> do with it. Um, Greg is totally Cocopelli. He's Cocopelli. If I, if I, I was called, um, I have a friend who is like, oh, yeah, you're like totally the Cocopelli. And I'm like, I don't know, I can be. And that's what <laughs> this guy is. This was a painting oh, cool. of me. That's but you. Chuck Hughes. He painted it um, wow, at Blood Springs. It's um, uh, blacklight sensitive, too. So I can get blacklight on that. Um, he painted that during our set in Steamboat Springs, Old Town Pub, uh, when they had the stage you know, in the crowd instead of like an actual stage. Oh, yeah. I never, I never experienced that. Yeah. Uh, but shout out Sean. I love that venue. Yeah, man. dude. That Sean and that, um, Ponzi. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So the idea that, hey, you know, it's just a fun kind of narrative I tell in my head, but we I were all, up, we were all up there and we were just like, you know, let's, let's go down and be humans and start a band. <laughs> like we're ancient homies from like, millennia just like an infinite amount of time memoriam yes. and we're like let's do the human trip let's try it out let's see what's up and we go down and start a band forget everything like you go in and like we can't remember this like we go right. in and packed like boom and then all of a sudden there you are ancient homies just like now here on on earth spreading the, the music and the and the joy and love dude i love that that is that's on point as fuck and i think that's totally something a concept that we were thinking about yes um one of the titles that we were considering going with was celestial homies yeah exactly um, and yeah i mean <clears throat> you know it with a name like that we wanted it to be super open to interpretation like this is what what a homie is what an ancient homie is we love people attaching their own meaning and story behind um you know like for us it, a part of it you know is like yeah like we're ancient homies we've been playing in this band together for 15 years exactly like, yeah I, literally know, ancient I mean, homies and literally yeah exactly <laughs> that's a pretty literal interpretation yeah. but 
I mean, we, you know, like, you know, we're, we're into like the alien lore and, and stuff yep. like that. Johnny's very into like aliens and aliens being here in the past. And I'm very into like Lovecraft and that kind of like very ancient science fiction writing and old yep. wizard tomes. And so it was kind of a combination of that. And then also um, our friend Green, Ryan Green, I got to shout out. He's one of our best friends that we grew up with. And um, he passed away way too soon when we were on tour two years ago and um, he had been living in Thailand. I was able to go visit him out in Bangkok, which was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. And I'm really grateful for it now, especially. Yeah. But um, he was, his whole thing was that's homie. That's what he'd say about any, like that was kind of, that's homie. Yeah. And so we were like, um, you know, so a part of this was like, this is for our homies that have left the planet too, that are still yeah. with us and always will be homies. Um, so there was an element of that too, but um, the celestial yeah, I, homies. The celestial homies, man. Yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's it, it's anything anybody wants it to be, and it's just kind of like, I love that. We've talked about it before. Like, I just love that combination of like, okay, kind of dark, mystic, you know, ominous, but also like, don't take it too seriously. Like, right. And so I I love albums that do that. Like Tools Anima is like to me one of the most brilliant album names ever. Um, so yeah, so that, that's kind of, I don't know. It's funny. It's like, we went back and forth with so many names and just, it just kept coming back to it. And we were just like, and that's what happened. The same thing happened with Sheen. Like we just, we didn't know what the fuck we were going to call this album. And Sheen had just become this thing. It had just taken on a life of its own. Our fans were making memes. Everything was Sheen. Just like Sheen, that's Sheen. Sheen. And we're just like, that's what the album is. Is Was Sheen pre-fire? Sheen was pre-fire. Do you know where we came up with Sheen? No. No, the 8x10 in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, where yeah. we just were for our streaming. Where you guys just did the... Which the, was uh, by far the best streaming experience I've had because of all the vibes in there. Like, it yes. felt like a show. And, you know, we had our significance others there. Cece was there on her yeah. birthday. And, you oh, know, cool. it was... It was a, you know, only like four people, but like having any crowd at all just like made it exponentially more of a real show. I saw... Yeah, so I want to talk about Flockbuster. Um, I, it looked awesome. Like I could see in there, like you could see, um, you had Manny with the light set up. You had yeah, most MK lights Devo. that I've probably seen. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I thought you guys did a pretty amazing job with making it like feel intimate, but also have that like feel of a pigeons big yeah, show. Exactly. And that was the cool thing about going back to that. And one of the, the joys of this whole experience of stopping touring, it's like, all right, you know, you're growing to a place and you're again, trying out a different art form and it's, you know, bigger yeah. stage, like running across the stage more, uh, and then you have the smaller levels like, okay, well now there's more facial expressions or just like really honing in on the bass or just like yeah. kind of vibing with the people who are right next to me. You know, Alex is right here versus me having right. to go around and like find him. Uh, oh man. That, sta- that stage is tight. I scared That's a little different than your guys' normal stage. Setup. I scared the shit out of Alex. I think it was the Frederick show. Um, I had just gotten a longer cable. It's so like, let me just, you know, need room for activities here. Like I want to yeah. go around and uh, Eric made us a new loom and he made mine nice and long. So at one point, you know, we're like playing and I just like run up behind Alex while he's playing so far away, like all the way around. And I'm just like playing and I go, yo, he goes, ah. That's incredible. Fuck out. Yeah, that was fun. Um, uh, so what was your favorite like movie theme thing that you oh, guys that's did? Because it's, it's quite, it was quite a cool set all, list. There's so many good ones. Um, <laughs> movie themes are amazing. Obviously. Yeah. Good and Bad and the Ugly was was fun as shit. That's fucking that, awesome you guys did that. It was in our new, uh, one of our newest songs, uh, In the Bubble, that okay. we wrote during quarantine, you know. In oh, cool, yeah. So it was uh, a okay. nice... Uh, and you, had you played that song before? The, we played it, yeah, We debuted it um, at, I think, the Philly Drive-In Show. Oh, cool. Um, and we debuted a song at Home Fest, Waitlist. We got a, few, a bunch more working on. I have one of my own. I have awesome. one, uh, just basically, a, it was a melody idea, but I think we're switching to just the baseline idea but that's 
I've had that, you know, late night, five or 6 a.m. I couldn't fall asleep, so I went to the van and was smoking a bowl and just kind of like on GarageBand, and I was like, I'm just going to make this song right now, and that's like one of the few times I've ever done that, and now we're finally developing it. So that's what this awesome. year is, is really just like letting things kind of settle in and like figure it out and like work on stuff and kind of come back come back to the to the beginning kind of like reset reloop um right and just getting back to like writing together and not necessarily doing it for a big tour or, right. or a festival exactly. yeah it's nice we're kind of back to just kind of jamming in the basement which we've been doing right. this whole time we continue you know we'll practice at least once a week when we're not touring usually more um even if we don't have shows coming up just to like yeah. hone things and work on new songs and all that other stuff um but yeah now it's like just that and it was weird right. before we did the driving shows again it's like can we really can we still like play shows like we're just dudes jamming in a basement and that's what right. we are the whole time we just have you know experience of playing enough we have an amazing crew around us that make us look yeah, and yeah. sound like pro- fucking professional you know totally. and i've honed my sound so if you know if i played without a sound guy i'm sure i'd be better than it used to be but it's never going to be what it is with eric he's a fucking genius oh yeah does. i mean you guys your live show is so dialed and it's such a you're a touring juggernaut so it's like yeah it's kind of a weird shift to go back to like now we're writing music in a practice space when i think i might have mentioned this one of our other um pods but like knowing that all of our sound was coming through cars fm speakers like well i can't rely on big ass subs people feel me so i'm gonna hone the fuck in on my sound Mm. and i think that uh, intention really paid off for the Flockbuster. People said they could hear my bass a lot better. Oh, cool! The last album, like it really came through because I was focusing on not just that low end, like beefiness. It's still there when it needs right. to be, but like definition, where I'm playing, and just you know how how I get my tone going. So, where can people check it out? Because when it, it was live Friday and Saturday, I got to check it out more of the Friday on. set, but I, I I didn't have great Wi-Fi where I was, and it was like cutting out. So I want to be able to just like throw it on my TV. And, yeah, it and should still be able area. to be on YouTube. I'll have to check it out. But I think we cool. after the first weekend which was donation based which we get uh there were proceeds that went to the 8x10 and national yeah. independent venue association which was an awesome, awesome pivot um how'd that go richmond i think it went really well i have the luxury of not really being too involved in that type of stuff sort of partially by design partially by choice and partially there's enough cooks in the kitchen like gotta let that happen i have schwa to work on that stuff as it goes forward so i still keep involved but yeah. um it seemed like it went really well um they had yeah. already reached their goal um the eight by ten. They had they did their first ever GoFundMe. Um, right. I don't know if you ever met Brian playing the eight by ten. You definitely met Abigail. Um, sure. Brian is a uh, her husband, and he's no. I never met Brian. More of a hard ass, and like he was there like early on, like the five bands for five bucks. He'd be like, "All right, everyone, sit, go, gather around, listen up. Here's how it works. This is what's gonna happen. You're gonna have a great fucking time. Your fans are gonna be fun. Don't fuck it up. You know, like no that, cases that. in the stairwell. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That I've kind been, of guy. I, I, Abigail crucified me for cases in the stairwell. As, as well, she should have. But that was another nice thing about uh, doing it on our own, just like cases whenever the fuck we wanted. There was, like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so you, you had cases in the stairwell for the stream? Yeah, absolutely we did. Wow. Look, 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 you saw the light show. Where else yeah. were we put them on the fucking right. roof? You know? right. <laughs> so I can they were out in the in the crowd, too. There was cases. Were you just like surfing on your base case, like down the stairs? Just Basically, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that the after party got pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> did it? Did you guys have an after party there? We just hung out, and yeah, it was it was literally. We've I, all had some good hangs in the eight by ten green room. Exactly. There were, I mean, there were like <laughs> there were literally like ten of us. So it was like instead, of, it, it was so nice that having to be like, all right, well, I'm gonna go upstairs and like, you know, I hate being exclusive and like we're going to the backstage. Sure, you know, it sure. seems like something you'd like to do, but it it's actually not that. I mean, it's great. Let's not kid ourselves. It's awesome to go back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, sure. I want to point this out. Backstage in Frederick, it's where I got these awesome socks. Old Bay. I don't know if you can oh, see. Oh wow! Them. Look at those. Um, yeah, Old Bay, right there. So, I was gonna ask you what's the uh, what are the best socks you've ever gotten in a green room? 
Oh man, in a green room? Yeah, like Dude, on a rider. You know what? We never did socks on a rider, which was a fuck up. I, That's the funny thing is these weren't on the rider. He just uh, they just was, gave them to you. Yeah, Tim Walther from All Good Presents just had. I guess Whoa. there was some Maryland type stuff. It was a nice little touch. I enjoyed that. No, we a, don't get we, we don't get treated like that, man. We don't get just handed socks. To the only time day. I saw we get like some carrots. From the only the time I saw socks on a rider was when we played a frat in North Carolina, and there was some rapper, and he got socks and Magnum condoms. That was like his rider. <laughs> I was like, "Socks, that's a good call." Like, maybe not Magnum, but yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, we need like a hundred Magnums and extra yeah. large ones. I don't know if he did that just in case it was a girl picking up the rider, and then she exactly like, yeah. like, "That's right, I got a big." He, they, he just wants a pile of Magnum condoms like sitting yep. in the green area. Like, yep. I mean, who knows what he's doing with them? I don't know. He maybe he takes that carrot and does. Something. I don't know. Maybe he's making just balloon animals or some shit. Yeah. Well, um, I know you have uh, have places to to do and people to be. I got another podcast coming up. Another pod, baby. What uh, what pod are you doing? What are you podding? Uh, the Sound Podcast with Ira Herman. Ooh, all right. Um, yeah, so I know our, our buddy Pete, Peter from Goose, had just done it. Okay. Um, I don't know too much about it, but um, yeah, I'm hopping into that with uh, with JG. And then, yeah, just getting ready for this live listening party tonight. So whenever this comes out, it'll probably just be up, either it premiered yeah. or not, but it should be on our YouTube and Facebook. We, I mean, I can get it up today if we want. Why the fuck not, man? We uh -huh. out here. Yeah, I'll just throw it on YouTube now, and then we'll at least have it on YouTube, and I'll update the website and get the yeah. pod on, because uh, I need, like, a thing from Chris, like one of those. Let's do it. Chris is in fucking, when I was on the phone, he was driving through New Mexico. Right, yeah, he's he's, floating, he's, <laughs> he's a cross-country boy right now. He reminds me of um, um, Mr. Mackey when he took his tie off and his head just floats off. His head off. just floats <laughs> Like, he's been grounded in, like, there, and now he's just kind of, like... Uh, dude, he's he's killing it. He's just driving in his RV with his dog Molly, and he's like, "Yeah, I was gonna go back for the holidays." He's like, "But Rochester is just like in the red zone with COVID." Yeah, he's that. like, "I'm I'm just gonna keep going west and go to." Well, he might beach. link up with Tom Green, who got a van and outfitted it to make it a podcast studio. So we should try to link up with him. Tom Green has a dog he got from the Bahamas and has been on the road for what? months now. I think just going to maybe not months, but the first time he like saw people like didn't pick up per curbside groceries was uh, Joe Rogan's podcast recently. Tom Green, like, my bum is on your lips, Tom Green. My my, my bum is on is in his van. His <laughs> bum is in his van. Dude, uh, um, he, he was a childhood hero of mine. I would love to meet. Have you ever met Tom Green? No, but we got to get that in. We oh, my God. So my, I have another, another plan for Back to Basics where we teach celebrities to play bass for, like, six months and then have them on. Oh, I so, love like, that. So, like, we, like, link up with Tom Green. It's like, Tom Green, you want to learn bass? Yeah. Once a week, you're you're getting Luke and then me, you know, back and forth. We're gonna yeah. keep as much as we can and then bring you on and tell us what we, you. We we'll like, do a couple like private lesson sessions. That's right. I'm and telling I, you, man, Jason, that's might be our in with Jason Momoa. I think it is. I think it is. And he's like, I lessons. I don't need lessons. I'm Aquaman. Yeah. Like, no, well, I, I I saw you playing higher ground, my man. We could work on that technique a little. Yeah. There bit, you right? go. There you go. There you, uh, go. you got you you getting there, my man. But we could work on that. Yeah. Technique. Yeah. 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 You got you got the you got the potential. I mean, yeah, I have been one. confused uh, for Aquaman before. Hey, I mean, same, same. Every, <laughs> anytime I'm walking down a dock with a handle of whiskey and waves yep. are crashing, is that yep. awkward? No, it's just Luke. Just Luke, yeah, yeah. Same thing. I mean, that's what I expect. Um, yeah. I now have um, someone pointed out. I think I have. Let's see if it's not quite. I need to take a shower and get my hair right. But what you got? <clears throat> yeah, it's almost up. Oh yeah, you got you got an Aquaman vibe going. No, no. Here it is. I am Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Who killed my father. Prepare to die. And then I have a um. Is, that, is that is that Zorro? No, that's from The Princess Bride. Oh, I yep. should have known that. The mustache. Yep. 
Yep. Um, yeah. And then I have an alternate for, uh, we're not sure if we're going to get it out this year, but Schwa has an, had an idea Monday. I was talking to Owen about something else. He's like, oh, yeah, are we ever going to do electronic Schwanica? Which oh, is wow. an idea I've had for years. So, you know, maybe like put it up on Instagram, like eight yes. different days, like that combines into one full song of like, you know, Hanukkah. I love that, man. There's so much shit for like Christmas dreams and shit. Get an electric. Yeah. Electronic Hanukkah vibe. Electronic going. Hanukkah. I love that. That's a we're we're working Hanukkah. on it. I think it's a little too late in the game right now. Um, I just don't feel like putting myself through that stress and pressure <laughs> to get it done right now and like not yeah. have to be great. But we have yeah. things in the works. But uh, that said, I I did uh, I need to record this. I am Inigo Menorah. You lit my father. Prepare to fry. <laughs> or no, it's prepare to chai, which is <laughs> Hebrew for life. I'll work. Oh, sick. I, I think you should make that the intro for this episode. Yes, yes. I think I will. My name is Inigo Menorah. I got to go watch Princess Bride again. Yep. Well, you have 15 minutes to do so. Okay, got it. That was perfect. We ended right at 145. Yo, it's good to do back to basics with you again, my base yep. bud. Everybody yep. else, we I know we say it every time, but we're going to do more episodes, baby. We got to get used to doing quick, quicker ones. I like how we quicker just started ones. into this and got it got it today going. Was, today, we, we did, you know, every now and then we, we get on the page. We, we make it happen. I was we're still making um, my hard-boiled egg uh, on toast when I was like, you know, it was like five minutes before. I'm like, so you're still good for one, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah, because I'm, total- <laughs> I'm totally ready. That's kind of been my whole week, man, has been yeah. just – it's so crazy. Like when you're putting out an album, I guess, in the past, you'd be on tour, right? Or you, if yeah, you're, so you you're like tour. in the midst of stuff. I just like have to keep running into my basement studio and just kind of like putting on headphones and doing different interviews. Yeah. But it's cool. It's, it's awesome. It, it, um, it has been a cool – way to uh, promote the album and get on on board and just to talk with different people and stuff like that so i mean you know i guess it's an upside to kind of the 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 digital zoom age we're living yeah. in now there's advantage and again if all those can remember that we would not be doing this podcast if not for 2020 Truth. so Truth. Truth. there is that Ancient all right man Truth, baby well do it up um oh shit next time i'll remember to hit record and uh we'll be uh not just kidding i can see it recording <laughs> you should always well first of all i, I, I should I, do it too i, I forgot to plug in my uh my lands so early on I, i'm on wi-fi and i turned it chopped for one second i'm like no so I, rusty. Yeah. i know but, my wi-fi has been choppy all week and like every time i start like a podcast or an interview i'm like I, like we did the ari fink thing and i was like just please don't cut out like my bro, wi-fi cut out twice that day bro like, you have to hardwire i know you must hardwire i know you must. I think I, I it, that might have to be like a winter project for me. It doesn't take that long. It's one of the first things I did here. Really? Yep. It just got a 300-foot cable and ran it up. My Wi-Fi is next to my computer. Okay. Plugged right in there. Yeah. It's a good, I'm, I'm going to look into it. You got this. I believe in you. Love you, buddy. All right. Talk soon. Talk to you soon. Peace.